0: You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat and stay up to date. Hi there, this is the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today I'm going back over to the States and I'm off to speak to Brittany McLamb. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about
1: yourself?
0: I'm good, thanks. I mean, you've had a bit of a difficult time recently because you've just undergone surgery.
1: Yes. Yeah. So um, I may be speaking a little differently today because I'm I'm only talking out of the side of my mouth. But um, yeah, I had um, surgery on Monday. So I've had a lot of swelling and um, have a huge uh, scar on the side of my face. But um, I'm doing much better today. So Onward and upward.
0: That, that's the main thing. I mean, look, I remember reading, watching the Instagram post that you put on the story and basically the way they've done the stitching and stuff, you should be left with minimal scarring, which is great, obviously, as a public appearance.
1: Right, exactly. That That's what I was mainly, well, not mainly, but yeah, that was a big concern of mine was, especially when he started telling me, um, we're going to have to cut this a little differently and it's going to be a more intense procedure and... Um, but I was like, okay, so what does that mean for my face? Like I was only expecting like about an inch scar is what I was told initially. And it it was quite larger than that. So, um, but he, he reassured me, the doctor reassured me that everything was going once the swelling went down and once the, um, suture had time to heal, that it was all going to just look natural. So we'll see what happens.
0: That's the main thing. Have they given you like a, a time frame for when all the stitches will come out and all the scarring will go down kind of thing.
1: Yeah, actually, um, stitches are supposed to come out Monday of next week. Um, and then he said to give him about a month for everything to kind of like settle down, um, the scars, that, that healing process take control. Um, and then he would, um, go from there as to whether he needs to do any laser um, or if he needs to, um, I don't know, inject. He said he could inject some steroid into it so that it could prevent the scar tissue from forming. So um, I think it's just kind of like a wait and see process.
0: Well, fingers crossed it all comes out perfect. Exactly. (laughs) That's the hope. (laughs) Now, tomorrow, you've got yourself a single coming out, Wanted are you excited
1: I'm so excited to finally have this one released i I wrote it several years ago and um what really had taken place is i had I'd already recorded it um I had a, a few songs in a group that you know I went ahead and recorded and um this one was just one of those ones sometimes when you record something, I don't know. It, there's something about it that you can't put your finger on that you're like, ah, I just want to. There's something about it I want to change. I just can't. So I, I just kind of sat on it and I, I didn't release it. And um, but it kept, you know, kind of bothering me because I wanted to put it out there because this, it, I love this song and um has some really great lines in it, um that my co-writers, you know, helped contribute on. And um, so a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I think it's a good time to put out more. I haven't put out music since last fall. And so I approached my producer and I said, Hey, can we revisit this? Uh, I'm kind of thinking that I want us to go this direction on it. Can we kind of rearrange? So he was great. And, um, he's like, yeah, I got some ideas that I could do, you know, to like revamp it to really get that vibe that you're trying to get. So, um, he sent it back and he's like, what do you think about if I do this here and do this here? And I was like, Oh my gosh, I love it. Yes. So, um, he changed some things. And so that's what you guys are going to hear tomorrow.
0: I mean, I'm lucky enough to do things like reviews and to actually witness some of the music that comes out just before it's released. And when I heard, when I first heard wanted, I was like, Oh my God, this is such a good track.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) I mean, in my review, I mentioned how it's laid quite nice. Now, what I mean by layered is the way the instruments slowly come in up until you hit the chorus. And then the chorus just, it, it's like a boom. It's there. It's yeah. great.
1: Yeah. That was part of the change we made. Um, I, I kind of felt like it needed a lift. And so he's a, my producer is also, he used to be my drummer. So, and he's a phenomenal drummer. So, in his studio, he has his drum kit, you know, set up, ready to go. And that's what he did. He just went in and put in new drum fills, new drum parts. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, my gosh, it just makes me want to, like, turn it up when it gets to the chorus. Yes. Um, yeah, so he didn't really tap
0: on it. That, that's, that there is, like, the perfect explanation of how I felt. You just want to crank it straight up and then just jam your head to it. It's great. So you wrote it several years ago. What was the like influences to actually write Wanted?
1: Um, well, it's a combination of things, really. Um, you know, it kind of goes along with some experiences that I was having at the time. Um, it also is some of the experiences from my co-writers in the room. Um, uh, I was actually telling someone this yesterday yesterday. Um, when I write or when I go into the room and write with, um, I usually write a lot with Jonathan and Andrew. Um, and when we go into the room, it's not just me. I draw from things that are going on in their lives, ideas that they have and that sort of thing. So in the end product, it's kind of like a a mashup of a lot that's been going, you know, that goes on with a lot of, with all of us. Um, and but i will say for the most part it is about an experience um with a not so cool guy um that i was having at the time
0: yeah now this is before your current boyfriend then
1: absolutely yeah <laughs> many years before that <laughs> yeah
0: does your current boyfriend now then listen to like some of your tracks and then ask you like questions about these past relationships
1: um he has but you know, he understands that this is something that came way before him. And, um, it's not something we like sit around and have (laughs) chat with a glass of wine, you know, (laughs) it's nothing like that, but, um, but yeah, it's been brought up, but, um, he does the same thing. He's a singer songwriter as well. He's a producer engineer. Um, so, and songwriter. So when he writes a song, I'm like, is this about me, or is this about a a Pat? You know, it's that sort of thing,
0: (laughs) but, Do you ever find that it's like not a strain on the relationship, but like you feel like you've got to be open and honest, like almost straight away, you know, I've wrote wrote this song, you know, just to pre-warn you kind of thing.
1: Right, exactly. Kind of like just a common courtesy, just a heads up, (laughs) you know, I've written about this experience. um, And, you know, I had songs that I had written that were about, you know, at the time, a crush that I had at the time. And of course I sing about it or something or, um, and there's that, I don't say, I don't want to say awkwardness, but it's just kind of like, don't judge me for this. Like yeah. this is way before yeah. you, but I, I want to perform it because I like the song and you know, that sort of thing.
0: <laughs> well, end of the day, when you write songs, you're writing about your current life experiences. So, you know, if there is a crush at the time, that is what happened. You know, you can't deny that. You can't turn around and say, well, that didn't happen.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's all true life, real life um, stories that you tell about. So um,
0: now, it's, it's just what it is. It's interesting you say it's true life, real life stories. Now, one of your first singles, Drop That Ho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back in two thousand well, and I
1: actually, I actually didn't write that song. Um So that song came about because I was in this talent competition. Oh, gosh, I don't even remember the year. It's it's been at least seven or eight years ago. Um, And the prize package of the talent competition, if you won, was that you got so many hours in the studio to record music, right? So, um, And it was this management company that was doing it. And I ended up winning the talent competition and I got the hours in the studio, but at the time I didn't have any music and they wanted me to do something then like now. And I was like, okay. So, um, the lady that was head of the management company, she brought these songs to me and she, and there was like a whole bunch of them and she's like, okay, now we need to pick out, I think it was two, it was two songs. Um, so, I picked out Dollhouse and I picked out Drop That Hoe. And I picked Drop That Ho just because it's kind of a fun little play on words and um, something different. I was like, well, maybe this will make me stick out. And boy, has it ever. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, you know,
0: I mean, it is what it is. I mentioned that song because exactly what you said there, I love like the little metaphors and innuendos and similes, you know, between using the word hoe. Obviously there's right. a couple of lines where you talk about sowing and seeding and that's an actual physical hoe, but then there's like the, leave it at the bottom of the garden. I love the whole.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when we did the music video to this, because there is one to this and for dollhouse, Um, we kind of incorporated both of those viewpoints in the music video. And I don't know if you've seen it, but (laughs) there's a part where I'm dragging um, a black trash bag. And it's very, (laughs) um, it's very, I don't really know what, how, how you would describe it, but it's um, innuendos of what I'm doing. What happened to this um, person?
0: (laughs) That's brilliant. I mean, I work in engineering, so there's a load of innuendos all the time, especially when you're greasing bolts and screws, and you can twist anything to any kind of situation. And yeah, yeah anything like that, I just find just so. I think it's the child in me that just finds it so amusing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's it's just fun, right? It's just it's so it's so lighthearted, but yet you know. It's got some relevance to it. <laughs>
0: well, that, that's the main thing there. You've got to have... If you don't have fun whilst you're, you know, singing or songwriting or even in the studio, you know, you can't express that emotion the same way. And if you're really not feeling that track, you know, it, it shows. Right, exactly. Now, what I want to know is we'll go straight back into the past. You know, what was it that actually enticed you into like entering the talent competition you know wanting to pursue a career in music you know what was it that was the trigger for you
1: um well from the very beginning um gosh well I've been in Nashville for this July 5th it'll be 13 years which seems like a lifetime um but in the beginning um I guess I was in third fourth grade I was around 10 years old um, I, in my elementary school, we had a pageant and it was called Little Miss Salemberg. And um, at the time I just wanted to win a crown. I was obsessed with crowns and um, I wanted to have one. So I got the paper at school that day. I went home. I told my mom, I said, look, I, I could win a crown. And she's like, mm, okay, you know, like you've never been in a pageant before. So, um, and I was like, no, I really want to do it talent was not involved, but she, um, was talent involved? No, talent was not involved. And, um, and so I entered it the first year. I had no idea what I was doing. I did not win. I just got like a participation trophy. Then the second year, um, I entered it and I think I got like first runner up or something. And then the third year I entered it and I won, which of course (laughs) was like, winning Miss Universe or something to yeah. me. Um, and so I got my crown I was bawling. Um, but then flash forward when it got time to give away my title at the end of the year, we had to do a talent to do that. That was part of the routine. Yeah. And I'd always taken dance lessons. I was, I took like ballet, tap, jazz, that sort of thing. And so my mom just assumed I was going to do a dance routine. And I was like, "No, I'm going to sing and I have the song that I want to sing." And she's like, "You want to sing, uh Brittany? you don't you don't sing." And I'm like, "No, but I am going to." And so she was just kind of like, "Okay. All right, if that's what you want to do." And so um I told her I was like, "I love Shania Twain's If You're Not In It For Love and that's what I want to sing." And so we got the soundtrack, I practiced it we went and got the outfit, you know, with the um, the rhinestones and the yeah. cowboy hat, cowboy boots, the whole shebang. And um, I got up there and I had a whole little routine, you know, that, <translator> you know, that whole um, dance routine yeah. song and um, performed it. And what I did, the whole entire gymnasium, which is in our school gymnasium, um, just roared with applause and I was like of course 10 you're thinking oh my gosh I like this you know like okay I could get used to this and it was like the best feeling in the world and so um it was literally from that point it was like quick I got songs I found a studio I started recording demos I started um you know performing everywhere that had a talent competition I entered every pageant I could think of that had talent. And it was like that was the igniter. Yeah. Um, was that pageant. And I mean, I sing in church growing up. We had like a little youth choir that I would sing in, but nothing like spotlighting me or anything. I was just a yeah. group of voices, you know. Um, so that's what did it. Um, so by the time I was in high school, I had met um, a lady by the name of Patsy Bell Cox. And if you were to Google her, you would see that she's very well known. Um, unfortunately, she's no longer um, with us, but um, she kind of was the reason why I moved here. She kind of gave me that encouragement. She'd worked in the music industry for years with Garth, Garth Brooks, Tanya Tucker, um, the old school artists. and um, And she wrote books about them. So, you know, And I've read most of them. They're great. But um, so she was like, I think I think you need to go to college, get your college degree, and then you can move here and even stay with me. And so that's what I did. I went to East Carolina University. Um, I did nothing with music while I was there. I had took music classes, but other than that, I did not perform. I just focused on getting my degree. And as soon as I graduated, I went to one job interview. And after the interview, I called my mom and I was like, I'm moving to Nashville. Yeah. And she's like, wait, what? Hold on. How would the interview go? And I was like, no, this is not the life I I want to live. I was like, so I'm moving. So she was 100% supportive. And that was July 5th of 2007. Um, And I've been here ever since.
0: Crazy. What was your mom's reaction then when you entered going back to the initial talent contest and, you know, you come in, go in the positions that you did, you know, year after year, you know, what was her reactions when you actually finally won it then? Was she overjoyed?
1: Oh yeah. She was super excited and they were actually watching, um, because it was being live streamed. So my whole family was able to watch it as it was happening. Um, so yeah, they were super excited and, um, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that the same the sort of reaction you would expect a mom to have, um, the your biggest fan sort of reaction.
0: Do you have like a copy of the pageants that you were in, like as a oh, memento? Yeah. Oh, you've got to post. Yes. Them.
1: <laughs> well, and you know, I have been after my mom because they're all on VHS. Yeah. Um, I was after my mom trying to get her to find those because, especially the one of my very first performance of the Shania song. Um, I have pictures of it, but I would love to have that on DVD just so I could, like you said, post it for people to see, but just, it's such a starting point for me, you know, and kind of like the foundation of why I'm here. And that was the thing back then, like, if you're in a pageant, they were going to sell you the tape of the pageant. So (laughs) I have all those
0: It would be the first thing I'd buy if I was ever in, like, a pageant there. It'd be like, okay, and then I want the recording now. Yes. <laughs> yes, That would be awesome to see, though. You know, just to even watch, you know, the initial startups and then seeing you evolve, basically. You know, just grow as a, as a person, you know, with talent and then with, you know, just maturity as well. well
1: and you know what's interesting is I have um... – from tapes on up to the you know the C D um of those demos that I recorded when I was that young and oh my gosh I found the tape um not too long ago actually it's probably like last year or some sometime and I listened to it and it was like you can just in my voice you could hear just the youthfulness like you know because I was young. Yeah and and then to know like where I'm at now to compare it's just it's crazy sometimes just to think back. And, I, you know, I have memories of being in the studio when I was that young and thinking, gosh, I literally jumped into it and had no idea what I was doing, but just just went for it.
0: <laughs> so there was no form of like training or no singing lessons or guitar lessons, that kind of thing that everybody seems to go through.
1: Um, No, well, so at one point, um, I think I was probably in sixth or seventh grade at this point, which is like middle school here. Um, I did, there was a lady in our um, our town that taught voice lessons and my mom thought it would be a good idea for me to go so she could teach me how to breathe and hold notes longer, that yeah. sort of thing. And so I started going to her and only, I only took lessons for like a month because she basically told me. Anybody can sing country music. And I was like, Ooh. excuse me, rude. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no, they can't. Um, otherwise everyone would be doing it, eh? but, um, But she was so fixated on me singing opera in different languages <laughs> that we had like two concerts or two recitals during that month. And it was me trying to sing like an opera song in a different language. And can you... I'm like, can you really imagine me trying to sing opera in a different language? No.
0: That will be <laughs> so interesting.
1: Like, yeah. So, needless to say, I did not take from her for very long.
0: <laughs> can you remember any of, like, the lessons or the things that you did with that? You know, speaking in a different language. Is that, like... Do you have any evidence? I want, I want to see that. That'd be awesome to see.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think I have any recordings of it. But I do... I I think I have the sheet music because she would um, we'd have to read it off of um, actual sheet music. And I'd never done, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't play an instrument. I'm like, what is, what are you doing? Um, Finally, she did get the memo when I told her straight up, I'm not singing this. And she gave me, I think it was a Leanne Rimes song, light of your light in your eyes, I think was the name of the song. Um, And I finally was able to sing that at one of the recitals and I was of course so happy because I loved Leanne rhymes at that time. But like, no. <laughs> We're not singing um a French opera song or like Italian opera song. No thanks.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're supposed to look at your strengths, you know. If you and not even just your strengths, you know, what you want to do. And if someone's trying to force you to do something that you don't want to do, you're just not gonna do it. I mean, another from experience. <laughs>
1: exactly and i mean i i my accent has evolved over time just because going to college people didn't understand me so i'd had to like enunciate things better and try to speak more i guess just standard american
0: yeah.
1: accent yeah. um and so at that point in time though i had a really thick southern accent so it just whatever thought made her think that that was going to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, oh, she'd be a great candidate to sing um, an opera, opera song. song. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm just don't know what she was thinking.
0: Oh, that's funny. <laughs> when, yeah. you, when you go home now, then do you ever like pick up the accent back?
1: Yes. My boyfriend tells me all the time. He says, um, whenever I'm talking to my parents, like my parents were here visiting a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, because that's when I was previously supposed to have my surgery, but, um, they were here visiting and I was on the phone with him and they were talking to me in the room and I was talking back and he's like, every time your parents are around, you pick up that thick Southern accent again. (laughs) And then like, I think it's just, it's what I know. It's what I, you know, I grew up hearing that and, um, it's always going to be in there somewhere. (laughs)
0: I mean, just before we actually started talking today, I apologise. I always apologise in advance because I'm from the north of England, and I have a not a thick northern accent, but I've got a definite northern accent. So a lot of people don't tend to understand me. So then I have to talk more posh and then be more enunciated. And then yeah, it's it's never the same. Now you mentioned that your boyfriend's from the north of England as well. Um, Sheffield.
1: Um, and he, I'm not even going to lie. He can attest to this. When we first started dating, um, most of our conversations were on the phone, of course. Um, I was like having to say, I'm sorry, huh? What can you say that again? Because he would talk so fast. And then I wasn't, my ear wasn't used to hearing how he was saying the words that I felt like 90% of our conversation was me saying, I'm sorry. huh? What? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Huh? <laughs> but that's of course not the same anymore I'm used to that now so
0: that's good I mean the problem not not only that is in the north of England he's in Yorkshire and now Yorkshire's got a very thick accent compared to say like Manchester or other parts of northern England and yeah it, it, how did you actually meet then you two you know was it online or was it through Facebook that kind of thing
1: no. Oh, um, okay. So I had a couple of friends that were living here. They're Canadians, um, but they were living in the U S and they were in a band called future thieves. And well, my friend wasn't, her boyfriend was and future thieves toured with um, the band that Aiden is in, which is um, Alvarez um, toured with them in Europe. And so I guess it was two, no, it was three years ago. And, um, Alvarez Kings came and did a U.S. tour and I went with my friend and her boyfriend to the show you know because they were wanting to meet back up with the band and so um we did and I met all the guys Aiden wasn't a part of the band at this point in time um and so met all the guys we all hung out afterwards um so I started naturally started of following the band and everything and um I noticed that they were coming back for a U.S. tour um back in 2018 And so, um, my friend and I were messaging and she's like, yeah, we're going to go to that show. Um, it was at hotel Hutton, which is right across from where I worked at the time. And I was like, oh, wow. I can just, when I get off work, walk across the street and I'll meet you over there. And she's like, okay, cool. So, um, her boyfriend and all his band, um, we all went to the show and of course, naturally afterwards, we all went to, um, a bar and hung out. And Aiden was in, he was new to the band. He had taken um, the electric guitarist position. And so um, we hit it off. He loves country music. And he, that's what we talked about the entire night, basically, <laughs> was um, just different things about the industry and country music. And um, it, was, it was great. And so um, they were still here in the US, for, I think, for another month. So during that point in time, they had a show in Chicago. So well, it was on a weekend where I had nothing to do. So I was like, well,
0: Might as why well, not?
1: Might as well. Who knows when I'll get to see him again. So I drove to Chicago and went to that show. And ever since then, I mean, that's all she wrote, basically. Wow. <laughs> so
0: How long is that yeah. drive then from you know where you live to Chicago? Oh,
1: gosh, it was like eight hours.
0: <laughs> that's some dedication, yeah. that.
1: It is. <laughs> but, you know, I figured you only live once. And I was like, I may regret going or I may regret not going. So I'm, I'll never know unless I do it. So I did. And I'd never been to Chicago. Before. Well, actually, I have been to Chicago, but not to the city. Um, I'd been to like um, the outskirts for, for another a concert with a friend a couple of years before that. But It was great for me because I not only got to see him, but I got to tour the city while I was there. So um,
0: Win-win. Win-win, yeah. Now, has he ever thought of, like, moving over to Nashville and joining, like, being part of your band?
1: Well, um, I'm not sure about being part of my band. I would love for him to be. But, um, yeah, we talk about it all the time. We've been together for um, two years now. And um, we talk about me moving there or him moving here. Um, we're both up for either, either option. It just depends on, I think, where, where we are at the point when it gets to that point. Um, His band is ramping up to release brand new music and I'm sure they're going to probably try to do tours, you know? So I wouldn't want to like pull him out of that or anything. So um, I'd love to have him here. I mean, what he does besides, you know, obviously he plays, he's a musician, but um, he works at a studio co- called Steelworks in yeah. Sheffield. And um, so, what he does obviously would he could do here?
0: Yeah. You know? Oh, that's so, awesome. Uh, yeah. So sweet. It's like, yeah. it's almost like a perfect love story.
1: I know. <laughs> we talk about that sometimes. We we're like, gosh, it was almost like because we we go back through the steps that got us to where we met and if we had diverted from anything it would have we would never have met oh yeah and so it's kind of crazy if you think about it like that
0: see that that kind of concept i just can never get my head around i mean there's a couple of films out there like butterfly effect and sliding doors i don't know if you've ever seen them but it's about that concept you know if you've missed like one step or you know something just one slight thing that's changed can change someone's course massively yeah. it's it's bizarre yeah
1: it really is. And it to me, it lets me know that everything, every step you take and every path you go down is for a reason. And, you know, it it's meant for you to go that direction. Um, you Sometimes I think maybe you, you might not realize the reason why until later. But, um, you know, I think it all has a purpose.
0: Oh, exactly. Especially as a singer and songwriter, it just gives you so much more to talk about as well exactly <laughs> I mean, absolutely just got to look at like taylor swift or adele you know the majority of their relationships that they can talk about you know it's out there for the world to see but it's that inspiration and if you've got that that income of inspiration it's even better
1: yeah exactly yep.
0: now i want to go back even further than starting music you know what kind of music was you listening to and, you know what was the influences to actually get you into country music you know in particular country music.
1: Um, well, I love just from gosh, as early as I can remember, I loved all kinds of music. I was just fascinated with music in general. I remember listening to, and this is going to sound so, um, I don't know, amateur or whatever. But, um, I remember when I was little, I had like this tape of nursery rhymes and I would put it in a cassette player and literally play it over and over and over until and I had all the songs memorized and I would sit there and I'd sing along with them. And there were just things, you know, like um, three blind mice, something silly like that, you know? And um, but I just loved it because it was just something, I, I guess a way of expressing yourself is yeah. to do that. And I remember my mom bought me um, a karaoke machine because there was a year of uh, that was like the popular gift to give a, a kid was a karaoke machine. And so I had that. And so she, it came, I think with like a, a CD of like things it had like Nirvana on it. Yeah. I remember it like a couple of other like rock bands and I would um, search the lyrics online and I would sit there and sing um, Nirvana to the karaoke track. Like really, <laughs> what but it was just that whole thing of this is music and this is my voice onto this you know instrumental version or whatever um but the artist that um I listened to the most that I was just obsessed with was of course I think one everybody would say would be Whitney Houston I loved Whitney Houston um her song I know Dolly Parton wrote it and that she has a version of I'll Always Love You, but I'm sorry, Dolly, Whitney Houston made that song. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Um, And then I also listened to Toni Braxton. I just loved like the texture of her voice. Um, It's just so smooth and um, rich, you know? And so I loved listening to her, Celine Dion. I just loved all the vocal textures the vocal um, ranges that sort of thing but then I kind of transitioned into the phase where I loved Martina Um I loved Leanne rhymes, of course they both had the range which I am a big fan of um, and so it was really Leanne Rhymes that got me to singing because I learned how to yodel from listening to her um, song I want to be a cowboy sweetheart yeah um <laughs> and um I learned to do that from just listening and then I, I started singing the song blue and so um another little tidbit in those pageants that I was talking about yeah that had talent I would sing blue I was the only person in these pageants that sang country songs everyone else sang like Broadway songs or um, opera or they would play piano or do some lyrical ballet or something. And I would get up there in my cowboy boots and I'd sing blue, which worked for me at the time. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, those were definitely my early, um, female voices that really inspired me and got me to singing country.
0: Going back to that, you know, the singing blue and going up into talent shows in like cowboy boots, at least the main thing is you're being you. You know you're going up as yourself. You're not trying to be this generic. You know, look at me. I can do this. This look at me. I am me. Right.
1: Exactly. And I think that worked for me because literally, it's funny thinking about it now. But literally, every person that would get up on stage to be their talent, you knew what it was going to be. It would be like "sell the thing, Mister Sell the thing." It would be like something like that or. <laughs> yeah. um, um, singing in the rain, something like that. Or, you know, it would be like the same songs over and over and over again. And then I'd get up there singing blue. <laughs> so it it was like, whoa, hold on, <laughs> you know, completely, um, completely different and to the point where people knew me as the country singer. Like when I would enter a pageant, they'd be like, Oh, that's the country singer. Um, so that, it worked for me, but I think now people probably do sing country.
0: That That's the main thing, though. Like I say, because you're being you, that that is the quirky difference to make you stand out. I mean, whenever you go for a job interview, you need something that makes you different from everybody else. And that's what gets people either a job or win competitions or, you know, that kind of thing. And doing that, that's that's fantastic. And end of the day, you've been, you're having fun
1: exactly I was, I was having a ball i loved it and i wouldn't be in anything unless it had a talent portion you know a lot of pageants were just based on beauty and that did nothing for me i was like I, I do not want to be in this pageant unless i can get up on stage and sing so are
0: we expecting any form of like after wanted are we expecting like a new ep from you or is there any future releases that we can expect?
1: That is something I was supposed to start in the spring, um, but then COVID kind of like all that. <laughs> um, but yes, I plan to write, <clears throat> excuse me, I plan to write some new music and my goal is to release a new EP by early 2021. So um, I may have another song that comes out before the end of the year, um, but if not, for sure, a, an EP in 2021.
0: Awesome. Do, do you know, do you know any, how many kind of tracks you're going to be having on it? You know, that kind of, you know, where the direction the EP is going to go in. You know, Do you have anything like pre-planned in your head?
1: I, I want something fresh and a little bit new, meaning I feel like a lot of my songs kind of they're in the same vein. I want to kind of step out of that box and do something a little different. And um, with Aiden being, you know, in the music industry and um, producing, um, he has like that ear, especially he does a lot of pop. And um, I want to influence a little bit more of that, but more, but not so, not in the way that it's been heard kind of thing. So um, he and I are going to be working together to write some music and um, to get that going. I'm thinking probably, Four, four to five songs-ish. Um, so it just depends on, I guess, the tunes that we can write. And if we write more that I want to put on, then, of course, it'll be a little bit longer. But um, I don't want to force it. That's the main thing. I don't want to force write tracks and just throw them on there. I want it to be purposely done. Yeah. So.
0: Oh, that's, I can't wait. I can't wait. I mean, like I mentioned at the start, "wanted." I absolutely love. So, if anything's going to be as good as "wanted," I'm I'm really excited. Well, thank you. <laughs> now go I on. do know. Go on. No, go
1: on. I was going to say quickly. I do know that um, the release of this isn't going to be the end of this song. I think we're we have another few things in the works um, for this song um, that may be available on iTunes
0: keep an eye out oh i can't wait i mean i've I've already got it pre-saved and yeah i'm looking like i say you know i've i've listened to the song already but I, I want it for myself as a physical copy and i've got it there on my phone ready just to as soon as it as soon as it's released it'll be there i'm looking forward oh, to it thank you <laughs> that's See, awesome do you have any form of like merchandise that you sell on your website or anything like that
1: i do yeah um I recently, i taken the store off um, for a little bit, but I've put it back on there. I've got lots of koozies. Um, that's Ooh. a huge thing here in the U.S. is koozies. I love Aiden's it, always awesome. like, yeah, Aiden's always saying, do people in England, I don't, do we really use them? And I was like, I don't know, do you? <laughs> I'm like, "And um," and he's like, well, what's it for? And I'm like, well, I guess your beer can. But, you know, he drinks like stones and things like that. So it's not like, He's used to getting the pint, so yeah. To him, yeah. it's like, why do I need a koozie? But um, yeah, so I have tons of koozies and all kinds of colors. Um, I have a, only a few T-shirts left um, out of the original batch that I had printed up. Um, I do want to get new ones of those, but I don't want to get them until I, I sell out of these. Um, and then, let's see, what else do I have? I think I have like some photo cards and things like that. Some little buttons um but yeah with an ep there will be um new merch for that so that's to come
0: awesome yeah i'm just looking at your store now and you've got a um, black and white color ca- uh, photo cards you've got color photo cards and um, the koozies look amazing there's a mossy oak festival koozie and it's like a like a camouflage effect and it looks it looks mm-hmm. great yeah
1: yeah, um, th- that's a big thing um, here in the South is camouflage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why.
1: Yeah, like I have no idea why.
0: <laughs> Obviously, for everybody out there that doesn't get that, hunting in the U.S. is quite a big thing. You know, whether it's hunting for buck or doves or... By doves, it's like a wood pigeon type thing. It's a great way of managing livestock, and a lot of people do it for food. You know, have you ever been hunting yourself or is that the kind of thing your family used to do?
1: Um, My brother-in-law, he hunts all the time. He and his son, um, they hunt deer, um, bucks, and they do, they'll hunt it. And then there are families in the area that eat it. So they'll give it to them for food. Um, But yeah, they do. They hunt that. They hunt ducks. Um, I think. If there's uh, rabbits, they do rabbit hunting. They have special um, beagles that go and hunt the rabbits. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I have been hunting. I've been deer hunting. And I think actually I've been rabbit hunting once. Yeah, I've been rabbit hunting once. And... um, uh, it was an interesting thing because you know, you let the dogs out and the dogs just like sniff 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 and they get the trail they pick up the, the scent of the rabbit's trail and then they lead you to them, which is crazy.
0: Saves you a lot
1: of um, Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will tell you that I don't really hunt much anymore. But the areas that my brother-in-law has on his farm that he has like the deer stands where you get up in there and you sit and you wait. Yeah. Um, it's, it's beautiful. And you go first thing in the morning before the sun comes up so that you're up there before the deer come out to eat and which sounds really awful. Um, but, uh, anyways, so you get up there and you wait, but it's just when the sun comes up, everything is like kind of moist from the dew that has fallen that morning. Um, our deer season is October through the first of December, I think, or the end of November. Um, yeah, so it's very, it's kind of short. It's only a couple of months, but it's cold here. So, um, you're up there, um, waiting. And so it's just, it's just so pretty. It's so quiet. You can hear literally everything. You can hear a squirrel bouncing from branch to branch. You know, it's just, um, it's kind of, you know,
0: it's fun. That, that's one thing that, especially when you go camping here in the UK, if you ever go to like the Peak District or like the North York Moors, and when you're in that quiet, you know, that bliss, it is so crazy how much you actually do here when you just stay still, you know, don't speak, don't just move. It, it's so loud.
1: Yeah, it really is. You wouldn't think so, but you can hear everything. It's almost like it's amplified. You know, you can hear a bug crawling on a, a leaf. <laughs> it seems like, um, but yeah. And what's interesting is um, I've seen so much wildlife other than deer while we've been in there. Like I've seen a bobcat walk right by where we were sitting. Um, we've seen wild turkeys and flocks just walking and, you know, their feathers, fan out you know um and there's a pond nearby um so when the sun comes up ducks this is of course also during duck season ducks will tend to fly over um as they're basically i guess like waking up for the morning or whatever so you'll see that and you'll hear them like making their noise as they fly over so um it's it's a fun experience it's not something that I'd want to do every day because you have to get up super early, <laughs> but, um, but it is an interesting experience.
0: On a normal day then, what kind of times do you get up?
1: Um, well, with the day job, um, I get up usually 5 45, 6 AM, but with the COVID I've been working from home. Yep. So yep. I've been sleeping in until about seven 30 <clears throat> And then I get up at 7.30, I shower um, and then start the day, check the emails, that sort of thing. So it's been actually really nice working from home because I can do my work, but I can also do my music stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Whereas when I was working at at the office, I'd have to like sneak it in between. (laughs) Like when the manager wasn't looking, I'd have to like send my music emails or like, you know, create this um, promo photo or something, you know. so it's been really nice having this extra time to do things at home.
0: What do you do as a day job then?
1: Um well, I was an admin assistant for a sales company and this is this is awful actually. This has not been a good week for me. Um the company laid me off actually. So I'm currently looking for a new job.
0: <laughs> so anybody listening out there, you know, in the UK, that's what we want. Yeah. You to, we need to come over here that's, now.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah yeah it's gosh you know this the covid situation really has affected so many people in that regard with jobs here, so many people have you know are unemployed, and now I'm one of them but um gosh yeah it, it'll it'll all work out
0: <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it will i mean, like you mentioned you know this whole situation it's just so it's It's unknown. It's unprecedented. It's something that no one's ever been through, and you know, especially companies as well. You know, as much as we hate the fact of people being laid off, sometimes there's no other way around it, and it's painful. I mean, because you've you know you've got bills to pay, you've got your own stuff to sort out, and you know, studio time's not cheap. End of the day,
1: (laughs) exactly. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. Gosh, well, and then paying a band. You know, to play gigs, but of course really there's not a whole lot of gigs right now outside of your living room live yeah. sessions. But um yeah, it's it's so pricey. And of course, when I was working full time, I had a side gig where I would nanny. I was I've been nannying for like eight years. And I can't even do that now because people don't want someone coming into their home yeah. with COVID going you know, around. So even that has stopped so yeah but I fortunately i had been kind of planning for something like that not for COVID but I've been planning for a different career change so I've been taking some online classes for real estate so um yeah so that's in the works so hopefully I, I go to take my exam on July 8th I think it is so hopefully I can pass the exam
0: and things get across to
1: Yeah.
0: Do you have like a virtual tip jar or anything that people can go to and donate?
1: Um, I have for a couple of the live streams, um, but other than that, I mean, it's been, you know, we all have like the PayPal, PayPal me or whatever it's called. Um, I have that, but I don't know. Is that something, do people do that? They just have it hanging out? People can donate?
0: Usually, (laughs) I mean, especially... You know, even if somebody can, whether it's you know donate money or whether it's going onto your merch, a merch store and you know buying something, you know, it goes back to you and it, it'll it'll help. It helps out. Like I say, you know the everything that comes with it. It's not cheap, and now obviously with being without a job at the moment, you know it's gonna it's gonna hurt. Yeah, it is. <laughs>
1: hmm. I may have to post that? I don't know.
0: But yeah, like I say, you know, fingers crossed that the whole real estate side works out you know last thing I want is you know it affects in the music and that's all that's the main thing why we're here is because we enjoy your music so much and if you can't do that then it, it hurts us as well as it hurts right. you.
1: <laughs> exactly yeah well I'm going to keep on keeping on whether um you know whatever I have to do to get that going so um definitely not gonna let that slide
0: and everybody in the UK, I've got multiple koozies, and they are amazing. If, it doesn't even have to be a can of beer. It can be a can of Coke or whatever right. you're drinking. Just slip it on, and yeah, it keeps it nice and cool.
1: Yeah, and it keeps your hand from getting cold, from
0: holding it. It's just... It's perfect. It's like a trendy thing to do, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised it's not a massive thing over here for the amount of you know canned drinks that we have over here. it's strange
1: yeah and you know you guys have a lot of festivals too that's like the big thing at festivals here is everybody it's like did you bring your koozie (laughs) yeah i got mine do you have yours even like at the bars here people always girls usually always have their koozie in their purse and if they go somewhere they'll pull it out and stick their bottle or the can or yeah so um yeah i don't know
0: so yeah everybody go to Brittany Lamb dot com forward slash star and it's all there you can see everything on that (laughs) now when can we expect you back in the uk because you've been here a couple times now you know and performed yeah um
1: well depending on um travel restrictions and such which i think the uk is allowing um international flights in now um but it's like a 14 day
0: yeah, it's a bizarre thing at the moment. It's if I think it's an airbridge scheme. So if if it's a country that's got a low number of corona cases, it's there's not much of a quarantine period. But if there's like a high number, which I think the US does have, still quite a extremely large number of cases. You know, I presume the fourteen day quarantine period will still apply.
1: Um, depending on all that, um, I do have it planned for the end of was well, like the very last day of July as travel day and then not getting there till the 1st of August. Um, but that, you know, is obviously just dependent upon circumstances. Um, and it would be going back to Sheffield. Um, I had a show planned there um, in May uh, with a friend, but um, hopefully I can reschedule something while I'm there. I know I'll, while I'm there, I'm definitely going to be writing um that's a priority on my list um but yeah fingers crossed end of july beginning of august
0: well don't just do sheffield you need to come to york as well
1: oh yeah i know (laughs) we'll have to go back up there um well because you know last time i rented a car and drove in england for the first time ever and do you know and (laughs) um aiden had me drive on snakes pass do you know what that is yes Yes. um, Yeah. Straight from the airport. <laughs> I'm in the car driving on, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, where am I driving right now? Oh, did you go um, into
0: Manchester then?
1: I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. For yep. Everybody out there that doesn't really know what Snakes Pass is. There's two like not off road, but like a road coming from Manchester to Sheffield. There's the Snakes Pass and then there's Woodhead Pass and they're very very twisty and turny and hilly and there's a lot of blind corners a lot of blind summits and yeah it's a bit scary even for experienced drivers especially when it's snowing (laughs) as well
1: yeah exactly and what's crazy is um we saw well we didn't see the wreck happened but there were lots of motorbikes that were packed of course I was driving super slow because I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna fall over the cliff but um there were these motorbikes that would zoom past us and we saw them and we're like, Oh, that's not going to be good. And we got up a ways and sure enough, one of them had wrecked and it was by there's like at one area, there's like a little restaurant or something kind of yeah. tucked away. Yeah. Um, and that's where they had wrecked. And everybody was like standing around them. Like he oh. like just bit the dust. Yeah. He was going too fast. Yeah, obviously, you know, and I was like, see, I knew it. I knew that was going to happen, you know, but, um, and then just being a first time driver in the UK, I would not suggest taking Snakes Pass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the scariest thing ever.
0: <laughs> I mean, um, I've, I've driven the States quite a bit now. And the thing that I always find fascinating with driving in America is the width of the roads. Roads in America, are just so much more wider than here in the UK. I mean, we'll travel down, you know, A roads at national speed limit, which can be 60 mile an hour at times. And for how narrow and twisted they can be, it's like, wow, I'm so used to driving on narrow roads, going to a wide road. is just like, what?
1: Yes. That's one thing I could not get over is the speed that was allowed on those tiny roads. (laughs) I was like, surely this is not right. And he's like, no, it says 60. I'm like, what? (laughs) And if you don't go sixty or a little above, um, people behind you are like honking at you, like doing this number, like trying to go around you. And I'm like, ah, get me off the road.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of and, pressure.
1: Yeah, it's. But I do. I did like having the car though, because that we got to go to York and yeah. tour around and. Um,
0: what What do you think Millibout? to York?
1: It was beautiful. I thought it was so pretty. And we had a nice day. The whole time I was in um, Yorkshire, it was, I don't think it ever rained. If it did, it was just like a little sprinkle, which is weird, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I look out the uh, window now and it's just howling it down here. And and just I live in like a little village just on the outskirts of York. And it's just been horrible all day. Yesterday it was nice and sunny, but today it's just been terrible.
1: That's what Aiden said. He said, hope I don't, he was walking to the studio um, Cause it's right by, he lives right, right by the studio and he's like, hope I don't get drowned like wet and drenched because um, it's really raining here today. And I was like, Oh, it's a little cloudy here, but you know, most of the time it's sunny here. We haven't had rain in like a week. I'm but
0: sh- um, I'm sure these studios that your boyfriend works at. Is, is it near the football stadiums, the soccer stadiums? I can't remember. I
1: it's like downtown. Sh- sheffield yeah um it's it's semi close to the train station yes um yeah Um, yeah.
0: if i'm ever free i'll have to go for a wander
1: you should yeah and then when i'm in sheffield we'll have to maybe meet up or something and go to york and meet up
0: that's the main thing you know you and your boyfriend you know we'll have to go out and grab ourselves a coffee or a, a cup of tea Exactly. Just just before be I was, just before Angie was telling me um, about Betty's Tea Room. Yes. Go on, ex- explain to everybody what your experience was with Betty's.
1: Um, oh my gosh! Well, I feel like it's probably like a tourist place, but um, we were just looking for a place to get a good um, afternoon tea. With I had in my head, as you know, obviously every American we're like, oh, we want like that tiered tray of um, desserts and sandwiches. Like that's what I wanted. And so he's like, well, I know just the place. So we were in York that day and we saw Betty's Tea Room. Of course they, ha- they have two locations yeah. and one location is way bigger. And it was like, the line was wrapped around, but then the other location, which is kind of like tucked away on a little street, um, there was no one waiting. So we walked right on in, went upstairs. Um, we each got our own because I was like, I am not sharing <laughs> this stuff with you sorry i love you but I'm not sharing so um we each got our own tiered um trays of goodies and um some tea and it was it was wonderful it was so good i'll tell you my favorite thing was the coronation chicken sandwiches yeah so good i've tried to recreate that and i cannot do it it does not taste the same
0: That that's the crazy thing is i mean I've seen videos, there's been a couple of videos going over like TikTok and Twitter of like Americans trying to recreate tea, cup of, uh, cups of British tea. Oh. And I know
1: what
0: you're talking about. <laughs> doing where they microwave it. And I know, I know kettles in the US aren't, aren't a thing really, because you've all got the Keurigs or you've got like stove pot type things. But in the UK, we've got electric kettles where we just boil the water and then we put it in, then we put the tea bag in, let that brew for a bit, and then we put the milk in but they were like putting the milk in first. And I was just watching it thinking, oh my goodness, what on earth? Um, For starters,
1: don't let them fool you. Nobody in America drinks tea like that. They don't even, most people don't drink hot tea. And most people, if they do, they don't put milk in it. Um, It's just straight up, just tea, hot. It's not like, they don't add anything. Um, So I'm not really sure. I feel like that was kind of like a staged video I think they were trying to get some
0: I hope so because it actually infuriated a lot of Brits
1: (laughs) Yeah, I saw that I saw them on the posts about that um but I will say I I have been taught the proper way to make it and I love it now so and I do have a kettle um that was one thing I was told that I had to get um because of course we that is not a thing here people just don't really have kettles um I'd say for the most part some people probably do but um but I do have one and I do make it the right way. And I use PG tips. Um, we have those available here. Um, that's why. I'm going to I'm
0: gonna have to send you a care package over of Yorkshire tea. Yorkshire tea is oh, yeah. so much more better.
1: Yeah. And I don't, we don't have that here, but we do. The only one that we do have is the PG um, tips, but yeah. <laughs> um, And I love it. It's so good. I'd never thought if you, you know, we, we are used to drinking like sweet tea, like cold tea. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I drink hot English breakfast tea, but that's like my morning thing that I do to get started. Like people drink, I don't drink coffee. So I drink that as my coffee, but I never thought adding milk to it would be good. I'm like, Ooh, why would you do that? Um, but now it's like, (laughs) of course I'm going to add, Oh, and don't get me started on, um, the, uh, Okay, I think Aiden calls them chucky
0: bickies. Oh, chocolate biscuits. Chucky yeah,
1: um, they're the McVites, McVites. Oh, McVitis. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh, dip that in your tea. That is like the best thing
0: ever. You see, these are all the questions I ask at the end of the podcast. You know, do you drink coffee or tea, and do you have biscuits? You call them cookies in America. And you know, do you dunk them in your coffee or tea? And that's so great to know that you've picked up this great British tradition.
1: Yes, I love it. I feel like, honestly, um, (laughs) I feel like I could fit right in over there um, just because that sort of stuff. I mean, granted, of course, I call, you know, potato chips, potato chips and chips or fries and fries or that whole thing, you know, (laughs) it's so um, confusing. Um, And then the cookies and biscuits we actually have biscuits that we call, you know,
0: what
1: you know. Yeah, what they yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Like so, biscuits
0: other than like that, scone, aren't
1: they. Ever... Yes, exactly, and they're not usually sweet though. They're usually like buttered.
0: Yeah, I've n- I've never really been a big fan of biscuits though. That's the frustrating thing. I mean, I when I used to go to San Antonio quite a lot, the like McDonald's biscuits and the ones that you get um, Cracker Barrel and all that lot. It wasn't. I just don't. I'm more of a sweet person and the yeah. is, I think it's just a bit too savory and a bit too stodgy it's, for me.
1: Yeah. Aiden is the same way. He does not like a lot of bread, which we do. We love thick, you know, buns, um, the, with the biscuits, the thicker the biscuit, the better. Um, and he always takes one of them off. <laughs> he's like, it's too much bread, too much starch. And I'm like, what? No, you gotta, it's a sandwich. You gotta eat the whole thing. And he's like, no, so it must be uh, a British and American thing.
0: <laughs> what What's the most favorite thing you've eaten in Britain?
1: I was just telling you about this yesterday. Um, so, um, okay, there's two things. So, as far as like a regular meal, I absolutely love like Sunday roast oh, and a yes. Yorkshire pudding. I could eat a million Yorkshire puddings. Just put a just a huge thing of gravy on it for me and I'll be set. Right. Um, there's a place in the Sheffield area called the Carvery. I think it might be a chain. I'm not sure. Um, Yes. Oh my gosh. I think it's so good. It reminds me of like my mom's Sunday dinner when she would cook after church on Sundays. Um, so we went there. I think he was trying to give me like the, the full experience of the food, you know? And so then, um, we were driving to Castleton one day, um, and on the way we passed a little village called Hope. And I was like, "Oh, that is so cute! Let's stop. I want to just kind of mill around a little bit." And so we did. And um, I think the place is called Old Old Hall Tea Rooms, or yeah. the
0: Yeah, know exactly what um, you
1: mean. Yep. So we stopped there and got lunch and tea. And the room that we were sitting in had like all these glass cake dishes. And they were like lined up down um, this table or something. And I was like, you know, I am not going to be able to leave here without getting a piece of one of these cakes (laughs) because I'm a big, I love sweets. And so um, we walked over and we, usually I would pick something chocolate, but I was like, no, I need to try something different. So we got a Victoria sponge and I was obsessed. I'm like, yep, (laughs) that's my favorite. Love that give me that all day every day
0: <laughs> Love Victoria's so
1: bunch. yeah those are my two, my two faves but um i will say every time i go over we'll go to a store and you guys have such a great assortment of sweet things like our selection here sucks compared to you guys and so i'm um, i have like my little cart or my little basket and i'm Taking things and like the whole thing is nothing but like sweets and um where they call um angel angel slices yes um oh that's another thing I love angel slices yes all that kind of stuff um yeah so good
0: <laughs> does Aiden ever send you like like hampers of like different sweets and stuff from the UK to the US uh, yes yeah. um, did
1: uh, back in last fall, I think it was, he sent it, um, and don't you know, he sent it. So he sent it to my work, because that's it's just because I was there all day, so he didn't want it sitting on my front porch in case somebody wanted to snatch it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but um, so the address, the number on the address, got kind of mixed up or something, and so it had my name on it though, and it had our my company name on it. But somehow or another, someone from another office in the building got the box, opened the box and had it sitting in their cubicle, had my angel slices sitting, just sat out in the cubicle. And when I finally tracked it down, I went up there and the lady said, oh yeah, this is the guy I think that took the box. And and we walked up there and I looked and he had all my stuff sitting out, spread out Mm. in his desk. I was like, oh no. Oh no, he hadn't eaten anything.
0: Thank goodness. But um, I was like, "Those are mine." My name is on this box. <laughs> He's probably trying to work out exactly what everything is. An angel slice. Right. What
1: is this? Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Now, just to go back to like the music side of things, you've opened for a lot of big names. Yes. Like Lanco. Yeah. Like, how does it? How did all those? Come out, you know, how did it all come about?
1: Um, So, back home, um, I'm originally from North Carolina. So, um, there's a radio station in my hometown that, um, well, actually, there's two different ones. Um, There's one called um, 94.7 WQDR, and there's one called WKML 95.7. And they host, they have shows quite a bit, and they have openers. And um, you know, it took a little finagling, but, um, I got in there with them and they, they both actually started playing my music. And so, um, from that, I kind of had created a relationship with the radio stations and, um, they had some shows coming up and they needed openers. And so they contacted me and they were like, yeah. So especially, I think it was the one with, um, what was it, Brooke Eden and Granger Smith, or was it, I think it was that one, gosh, my brain is not as good as it used to be, um, but yeah, so it would be like, you know, these are the artists performing, would you like to be an opener, and I'm like, duh, like why, that's not even a question, of course, and so um, that's how those happened, and then the ones with Lanco, um, And the one with Parmalee, it was a festival that was happening in a a town close to mine and the radio station was sponsoring it. And so they contacted me and um, got me hooked up with that. So um, they were really good to me, you know, as far as that
0: goes. That's awesome. That's. Do you ever like, I say this quite a lot, but do you ever look at like situations that you've gotten and you just think, wow, I'm here, you know, I'm doing this. How on earth has all this happened? Yeah.
1: Well, and you know, the thing with, um, that the radio station WKML is I grew up every single morning, my mom would be getting ready and she'd have the radio on and it would be on that station. So I grew up listening to them from a small kid up until I moved out of the state. And, um, so whenever they started even playing my music, I was like, Oh my God, like, is this real life? Like, I grew up listening to you guys never knowing or dreaming that my music would be played on your station. Yeah. You know? Um, And then to be opening up for these artists because of you, like it's just kind of, it's cool. And a surreal kind of feeling, Yeah, you know,
0: pinch yourself. Are you, are you dreaming kind of thing?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, I think I've, Asked everything I need to ask. Is there anything you want to throw into the mix? Anything that I've missed?
1: Well, you know, because of being in um, quarantine, um, we did, I'm sure you saw on a lot lot of the socials, everyone was doing those um, collaborations, the quarantine collaborations. Um, And so I did a couple of those. So, you know, if folks want to go check out, um, I think I put them on my YouTube. So they're on there as well um i did one with tim praddy jones um and you know his vocals are just phenomenal to me um and we did a cover of lady antebellum or i guess i should say lady a's lady A, um, yeah <laughs> um ocean and then um aiden and i did one where i just i did it by myself um so yeah those are a couple of the newest um videos that i have Um, done and released or put out there for everyone to hear so
0: where can people find those videos
1: Um, i think i've posted them on all of my socials but they're also available um on youtube which would just be youtube.com slash brittany McLam.
0: and then your socials it's just at brittany McLam and Brittany brittany McLam music
1: Twitter is um, just my name at Brittany McLam, but Facebook and Instagram is Brittany McLam music.
0: Awesome. Now we've got in, getting to the end of this podcast and I like to, like I mentioned earlier, I'd like to ask a couple of questions. Now we've gone through a couple of them already, you know, the coffee and tea one and biscuits, Dunkin. And there's two questions that are like a debate-ish kind of question. Now, I don't know if this applies to you guys in America, but I don't know if you've seen them here in the UK, but there's something called a Jaffa Cake. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever had a Jaffa Cake? Uh, what would you say a Jaffa Cake is? Would you say it's a cake or is it a biscuit? Um, a cake. A cake. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's what I always used to say, but a lot of people call it a biscuit.
1: I definitely think because here we have something called Little Debbie. Yeah, that's our version of like Kiplings, I guess, um, and all those I consider like little cakes. So I definitely think a chocolate cake would be, which I could eat a whole sleeve of those things <laughs> in one sitting. Oh my gosh, you're so
0: good! Oh, I can um, eat multiple sleeves.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I probably could too, actually.
0: <laughs> and the last que- uh, last like debated question is: Would you have pineapple on pizza?
1: No, if it's a savory pizza, Um, eh, that's not really my thing, but back home, we have uh, an Italian restaurant that puts, they make a dessert pizza that has pineapple on it. So it's like the crust with um, some icing and I think maybe like some cream cheese and then pineapples and they bake it. And so that way, yes.
0: Oh, oh! That sounds that sounds different. That's a different, que- you know. That's a different answer to the question. I've never heard that before, and that sounds really, really nice. Yeah,
1: it is very good.
0: Awesome. Now, last few questions. It's usually refers to like a night out. So here in the UK, you've probably experienced it. Now we've got things called a pub. Now, where would you rather go for a drink? Would it be in a pub? a club or a bar?
1: Absolutely, for sure.
0: A pub. Mm-hmm. Now, in a pub, what kind of drinks would you have? What is your, like, your go-to drink? I'd say...
1: Anything light. Light. Like a light. Um, light, probably a light beer or something. Um,
0: like it has
1: to have um, yeah but um maybe a little step up from that (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah um now i don't like like for instance with i don't know i can't remember what they're called um like stones that i do not like that it does not have carbonation in it it has to have carbonation
0: oh yeah you don't like like ale you like the lagers kind of thing right exactly yep there you oh, go. <laughs> so you like you like lagers, do you prefer like a pint of lager or do you like a bottled lager? A pint. And then finally, to go from having a drink, say you're a bit tipsy, you're a bit drunk, and you're going home. Here in the UK we've got a lot of like kebab shops where you can have something to eat. Like just a Sober up the alcohol. What kind of things would you eat when you've had a bit to drink and to sober up that alcohol? What's your go-to food? Pizza. Um, maybe some good curry. Some good what?
1: Curry, like Indian curry. food. Oh,
0: Indian. Do you... Yeah. Do you, is that just in the UK or do you have Indian food? Yeah, we have that here. Oh, awesome. I mean, every time I've gone to like texas there's only been like i think there's only ever been one curry house i don't think i've i don't see it that much obviously because especially southern states it's more of your tex-mex and your you know your southern foods so you don't tend to look for it more but oh there's quite a few there's quite a few here in nashville that's fantastic i mean it's it's very strange for an american to say curry it's brilliant i love it well, and there was one place
1: um, that we went late night to in Sheffield, and I don't remember the name, but it was so good. Like, so good. <laughs> and, and actually, we were the last people in there, but it was shutting down. Um, but I, I've told Aiden, I was like, we're going back there. I'm not sure what the name of that was. I don't even know what we got, but it was <laughs> really, really
0: good. Yeah, here in the UK, we've got a lot of, like, kebab, like, Turkish kind of food where it's just – like donna meat in like a pita bread. Donna meat's like a, like a lamb thing that's on like a spit and they cook it slowly and bread. it revolves and they carve it off and it goes into like a pita bread. That's what usually people have here in the UK. So next time you're here, you need to make sure you have something, try something like that.
1: Um,
0: or, you I don't get, know. <laughs> or you get chicken <laughs> versions and there's different versions you can get.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, um, I told Aiden, um, You know, my last name has lamb in it. And I was like, I just don't know if I want to eat my ancestors. I'm just not so sure I want to do that.
0: (laughs) That's brilliant. Um, And the last question really is, if you had the choice to have a fast foody type meal, like say McDonald's or KFC or whatever, or say a pizza that's done quickly, or the choice to have a sit-in restaurant meal, what would you rather have?
1: I don't really eat fast food a whole lot. Um, But the one fast food that I would eat all the time if it wasn't so bad for me is Chick-fil-A. Have you had that?
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: That's like my thing. Um, So I would prefer that. But being that I don't eat that very often, we have, and you may have had this um, when you went to Texas, but um, we have Chewies
0: yes yeah
1: Tex-Mex mexican with the creamy jalapeno dip
0: mm. yep proper, proper I would... queso and yes. absolutely <laughs> Oh, i don't know if you can see my t-shirt but i'm wearing a whataburger t-shirt yes. that's now that is
1: that's one place i've never been or never tried that i want to try
0: definitely go for it it is out of this world
1: is it? I've heard it's really good.
0: Now in the UK, where I think there's talks of Chick Fil A coming here, but really, world, I know. I think it's, I think it's in London. I don't, I don't know. It's what I've heard on the grapevine. But I'm really, really excited if it does. And I ah. just thought Whataburger jump on board as well and come, come here.
1: You would think. I mean, because London, they have everything. Really, I mean, any type of food you could think, they have it. So it wouldn't surprise me, but gosh, that would be awesome.
0: I just hope it comes up north. I don't want to be traveling 200 miles down to London and <laughs> just particularly. <for Chick-fil-A. laughs> just for chi- I probably would though, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you for coming on, Brittany. It's been absolutely fantastic talking to you.
1: Yes, likewise. Thank you so much. It's been fun.
0: Everybody, check out Wanted tomorrow. It's is it midnight release midnight us time central so that'll be 6 a.m in the morning tomorrow it'll be released for us yep. awesome so everybody check that out and if you haven't already check out britney's previous songs it's all on apple music and spotify and basically any way you can find music so check it out and follow on the socials take care everybody thank you for listening and i'll see you all next time goodbye that was the country Chats podcast join dom next time for exclusive interviews reviews and general chit chats on all things country music